My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 136 of The Kate Show, and I'm talking about how to own your schedule as an entrepreneur and a parent. Now, it's been a few months since I really tapped the brakes on this podcast and recorded a more personal episode. So if you are here for the marketing tips, I have literally years of past episodes that you can binge on, so go have at it. But if you're here for some real talk and some raw Kate rants, (laughs) then keep listening. I'm going to just start this off with a personal story. It's a little bit weird, so bear with me. Just stick with me. There's a point to this, I promise. I recently went to the dentist for a cleaning because I'm a responsible adult most of the time. (laughs) And that was the first time I heard the term mandibular tori. So maybe you guys know what this is. I had no idea. But I was tilted backward in the dental chair, and I was really hoping that my recent pregnancy and 13 plus months of nursing had not resulted in a dozen cavities, because I've heard that to be a thing for so many women. And plus, I'd skipped my last dental appointment, because honestly, I just didn't want to go. So that was the end of my maturity, right? (laughs) Uh, So it had been over a year since I'd had my teeth looked at, and I was kind of nervous. And when the hygienist announced that I was cavity-free which, hooray, right? She also told me that I had mandibular tori, or a bony growth, under my tongue. And I promise this is not as disgusting as I'm making it sound. Because now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, ew, why am I talking about this? But there is a point to it. She explained that it was, it's quite rare, like 5 to 10% of people have it. And it suddenly made more sense to me as to why every other dental professional in my life had made some sort of comment about my mouth and why the x-ray machine always hurt my mouth. So until recently, I thought pretty much everyone had mandibular tori, but (laughs) yay for being different, right? While I understand that none of you are interested in my dental history, here is my point. That benign bony growth has grown a little bit over time, and it is directly correlated to teeth grinding, jaw clenching, and stress. (laughs) Which I'm pretty sure stress is what causes the teeth grinding and the jaw clenching. It's like, stress? Really? Again, like it is amazing how increased levels of cortisol can impact the body. I've had my own adventure with lowering stress throughout my adult life, and just for some context, I am 29, so I like to think that I still have many more years to come, but I feel like, or at least I guess I anticipated that at almost 30 years of age, I would have a handle on life, but I feel like I am just now entering adulthood, quite honestly. I feel like I have just been wandering around trying to sort out life, trying to get all my little ducks in a row. And, you know, it's been been a lot. It's been a lot of good. It's been some bad because that is life. But if for those of you who've been following me for a while, you know that I had a recovery journey from complex PTSD and from SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And again, not as gross as it sounds, I promise. Um, A lot of people suffer from it and they just don't realize it. And it took me like a decade to get a diagnosis and then a treatment that was actually effective. But my point is SIBO is actually caused by chronic stress for most people, including me. Some of you might know my journey through postpartum anxiety, like all the things. But honestly, all of these are very common and they've been normalized, but normalized to the point where I think it actually hurts us. I wish they were not so well accepted as being okay. Like, you're stressed out? Eh, everyone is, right? Oh, well, you had a a rough point in your life and now you've got, you know, post-traumatic stress? Well, you know, so does everybody else. But it's like, that's not okay. And living our life in varying degrees of stress can have long-term damage. So that's why I want to talk about it today, because in this season of COVID, which, like, I thought it would be gone by now, and it's not. So what do I know, right? 
But for a lot of you, you have the burden of homeschooling while running your business and wondering every single day, how am I going to get through this? How is it going to work? My kids don't seem to learn very well virtually and I am not doing well either. Well, I don't have a school-age child, okay? She's almost 14 months, so that's the good thing. But I have had some other hurdles that kind of put me in the same ballpark, so I just want to share with you guys what's been working, what hasn't been working, and how I've really structured my schedule as a stay-at-home entrepreneur and parent, because it has been a journey, let me tell you. And as someone who is slowly getting better at managing stress, that's why I wanted to take a break and just share everything and and also ask you guys, like, how are you doing? I mean, really, how are you doing through all of this? If you are homeschooling and trying to run your business and you're feeling like a failure because you can't get it all done, just know that you were never supposed to take all of this burden on. It is not supposed to be this way. This is not normal. I reject the idea of the new normal completely and entirely. This is not normal. You are not meant to be doing all the things you're doing. You know what the funny thing is? When somebody asks me, or you know, maybe even you, how are you doing? We've all been programmed to answer that question with an instant, oh, I'm great. How are you? And it's time to stop lying to ourselves. It's time to stop lying to other people in the name of nicety. So if you're a business owner and a parent, you're likely more stressed out right now than ever before. And I feel you. I do. I have a few tips from how to plan your week and balance parenthood to some true self-care beyond those cliched massage appointments. And I hope that you'll get at least one takeaway from this episode that will make your week just a little bit more manageable for you. And of course, I have to end this intro with a disclaimer. Obviously, I'm not a doctor or a psychologist. And in this episode, I'm just sharing what worked for me. And I hope it inspires you to do your own research talk with your own health professionals, and make a decision that is best for you and your family. Now, before we get into all the things, I do want to share a review of the week, and this comes from Jacqueline Kay. She says, Kate's weekly marketing advice is low on the fluff and high on actionable takeaways you can implement right away in your business. I learn something new with every episode and always leave feeling motivated to take action. Thanks for caring and sharing, Kate. Jacqueline, you are so very welcome. And guys, if you have not left a review of The Kate Show yet on iTunes, or I guess they're called Apple Podcasts now, like when did that even happen? I don't know. Uh, If you have not left a review yet, please do so. It doesn't have to be five stars, although I'll obviously prefer it, but just leave an honest review and let me know what you like about the show. All right, guys, let's dive right in. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. To be perfectly honest with you guys, I have been a parent for almost exactly 14 months, and my pride has been drastically reduced during this time. (laughs) Ah, I was so naive. I used to think that my baby, now a toddler, would conform to my schedule a lot more than she has. I thought that she would be a good napper. I thought she'd eventually sleep through the night and stay out of the cabinets and not try to eat everything that wasn't food. That's just not the case. Like, not a single one of those has come true. I was just super naive. And my main goal, honestly, is to just keep this child alive right now, despite her best attempts to cause herself bodily harm in all sorts of new and inventive ways. And from desperate calls to my mom, my mother-in-law, and most recently to poison control, 
I do feel like I'm slowly getting a handle on this whole motherhood thing, but I'm going to be honest, some days are easier than others. Other days, she just wants to be held while I watch with anxiety as my inbox fills up with unanswered emails, and I wonder how I'm going to make them the next deadline while keeping everyone happy. And therein lies my first issue. I feel the need to keep everyone happy. Have you ever felt that way? I feel like most female entrepreneurs I've spoken with have admitted they struggle with people-pleasing to the point where they fret and stress about every little thing in their business. And let me tell you, it is exhausting. Now, there is a quote, and I wish I knew who said it. It has really impacted me and reshaped my perspective. The quote is, don't let your blessing become your burden. And I have had to go back to that again and again and think, you know, here I am with this healthy, beautiful child and this thriving business and this wonderful team. Why am I letting myself get so stressed about this? And now maybe you are not in that exact situation. Maybe your business is still growing and you wouldn't call it thriving quite yet. Maybe your kids are just driving you absolutely insane. I don't know where you're at right now. All I can do is speak from my own perspective. But here is what I've had to do. Here are the thoughts I've had to reshape to really just help myself out. The first one is, if I have a whiny toddler and it's a really rough day, I, I'm thankful that I have her, obviously, even on the tough days. Being her mom has made me a better human and a very tired one, too. But that too shall pass. And do I have too many emails? Eh, always. <laughs> I'm grateful for the new clients, the longtime loyal clients, the opportunities and collaborations that come my way. And I've worked hard for this so that I can just, you know, work hard some more. <laughs> That's business, right? We work so hard to build these businesses so that we can keep working. And I'm blessed to do what I love every day. And the third thing is, I've really struggled with not having enough alone time, not even having enough date time with my husband. And I've had to go back to something that, honestly, this is still a work in progress. And it is prioritizing what matters instead of prioritizing what's first on my schedule. It's really hard for me. I am Enneagram 3 type A, Myers-Briggs something, something. I don't even know that I'm in Myers-Briggs anymore. I don't remember. INFJ? Who knows? I don't know. My friend Jacqueline Edwards remembers this stuff. So if you guys know Jacqueline of Ochre and Beige, um, she could give you much more information about personality types than I can because I don't remember things very well, which is actually another issue of stress and maybe even just parenting and mom brain. I do not have a good memory. Like, it is awful. So that is where I have really brought in some of the tools I'm going to be sharing with you later on in this episode. They have helped improve my memory. They've helped improve my mood. They've really helped me be a better version of myself. And I know that this episode is about owning your schedule, but in order to own our schedule, we have to own up to some things that we might need to work on personally and internally. So going back to the schedule itself, I have a really easy way of figuring out where my priorities lie and whether or not they need to be rearranged, and that is my weekly schedule. I have a schedule in Asana, and I have them specific to different team members. I have them specific to just me. And when I look at my schedule, I know that whatever is showing up the most on that schedule is my priority. So again, whatever you or I are spending the majority of our time doing is our top priority, and often by pure necessity. Now, with a goal of reclaiming my work schedule and really melding it with my family personal schedule instead of the opposite, I'm actually going to share my weekly schedule with you all, like day by day. And it's been working well, and it's given me the ability to like change it every few months as my daughter grows and as our lifestyle needs change. So here it goes, guys. Now you're going to know what I'm doing every day, in case you were wondering. 
On Mondays, I am doing podcast writing and recording. So I'm recording right now. Yes, it is a Monday. I stick to it. It's also a day when I work on a lot of financial management aspects and team management. And, you know, we don't all start out our businesses thinking that we're going to end up managing all these things. I honestly, I'm not a numbers girl. I'm absolutely not. But I have learned to be. I have learned to monitor the different financial things that are going on and put the right people in the right places and collaborate with them and bring them in when I need their help and they're following up with me when they're completing, you know, whatever they're doing on retainer for me. So whether that's the bookkeeper or the CPA, financial advisor, all these people come into play and I try to limit those tasks to Mondays. Now on Tuesdays, it's a little different. I actually have a standing play date with one of my best friends and her daughter, who is also around my daughter's age, so that's fun. But, you know, I do make that a priority because we need other people. (laughs) My child needs to be socialized, but it is just, it's a good thing to do. And then on Tuesdays, I also have meetings with different partners and collaborators. And I also have a website design finalization because my team works on a lot of websites for our clients. And then they send it to me for SEO, copywriting, final touches, and then I get to present it to the client, which is the super fun part. And I also reserve Tuesdays for my own email marketing and social media management. And you might be thinking, that is a lot of stuff. And you know what? At first, it did seem like a lot. But when I get into a rhythm with these things, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I know about how long it's going to take. And then I can really schedule that and know that I have the rest of the day free, whatever that looks like. And of course, sometimes my daughter will throw a wrench into it and refuse to take a nap. Or if she's, heaven forbid, sick or something or teething. Oh, the teething, guys. Oh my goodness. (laughs) There is just a lot of reasons why I have to remain flexible. And I'll get into that in a little bit. But let's look at Wednesday quick. So my Wednesdays are pretty consistent as well. I do content creation for Socialite Vault. I do some written consultation and analysis for my Vault members. And then I do content strategy as needed for some of our other clients who are not in the membership. So that is really just a create and strategize day. And I actually really love it. I think that it's fun. That's honestly a lot of the stuff that I started out doing in the business like 24-7. And now that I've moved into the... I guess you could call it a CEO role, although I feel like that title just makes me sound very highfalutin, and I'm definitely not that. But that's kind of what it is at this point. And having a day where I can still go back to the trenches and do those things keeps me in touch with you guys. I don't ever want to lose touch with what you guys actually need in your marketing. I don't want to be far removed from my clients. I want to be nose deep eyeballs deep even in their needs so that I can continue to serve them and you guys at the highest level possible. Now, on Thursdays, those are very different. They are phone and video consults with clients, potential new clients, fault members, like all the things I am talking all day long, it seems. And by the time my husband gets home with our daughter, I'm just like, I can't even speak anymore. My brain is done. My mouth is done. (laughs) But I do have to reserve like 99% of my calls and consults to a Thursday because that's when my husband is able to take our daughter out of the house and it's nice and quiet. I can get a lot done. And it is basically time blocking, glorified time blocking. And that's also the day that I'll follow up with people from the week before. So, you know, if you have a phone call with me on a Thursday, you're going to get an email from me the following Thursday. You can pretty much count on it because that is how my schedule is structured. Now, on Fridays, honestly, guys, I am trying to not work on Fridays, but I am not there yet. I think for my family situation, I need 
to have a three-day weekend. And having a business that allows me to do that is incredible. It has not always been that way. I used to work many, many overtime hours. And since becoming a parent, I have had had to grow my team, which is actually a huge blessing. And I have also been able to totally restructure my day and my week. So on Fridays right now, anyway, I am tying up loose ends from the rest of the week. And I'm looking ahead to the next week and emailing clients regarding any projects that I might need some more information about so we can get started in a timely fashion. And then I also try to reach inbox zero, which to me is a sign of organization and timeliness. And it's a standard that I hold myself to pretty much every week. And when I don't make inbox zero, then I just have stress all weekend about all those messages that I could have answered or dealt with. And I know that might seem silly, but that's just how my brain works. So I might actually hop on my phone on a Saturday morning and be like, I just got to respond to this one person because if I don't, I'm going to keep thinking about it. And that's something I have to work on. But, you know, the best piece of scheduling advice I have heard so far in my career is this. Aim to dedicate two days per week to working on your own business and not on client projects because that will allow you to maintain a bird's eye view of your business without being totally lost in the day-to-day operations. And that is something that I am working on. And I don't always get the two days just working on my business. Sometimes it's just one, but the intention is there and it ensures that I am working on my business and not just in my business. And it gets easier when you start outsourcing things and building a team. So I don't know where you're at in that process, but if you find that you need to outsource something and that will actually free you up to do do something that would actually be income generating for your business, then do it. Because at first it might seem like overhead. It might seem like, oh, I don't know if I can afford this. But if you try it for a month or two and don't sign any contracts, you know, don't get yourself into a pickle. But if you try it for a month or two and then you realize how much more your brain is able to just like relax and be creative and work on whatever it is you're working on, even if it's just giving you more time to work on your marketing or get your sales funnel in place, or maybe that's what you outsourced, either way, it's going to benefit you. So just remember that you don't have to do all the things. And as you're restructuring your week and setting aside certain days of the week for certain tasks, just know that you don't have to be the one to accomplish all those tasks. It might be time to bring in some sort of admin assistant or design assistant or, you know, somebody, you know what you need. So just look at your schedule and reorganize, prioritize and outsource because that is life changing. Now, I do want to, again, be totally transparent with you guys about my work schedule. I work around four very interrupted hours a day. So a half day, but extremely interrupted with occasional nighttime work or a very rare Saturday work session. And thanks to my team, most of my team, by the way, is other work at home moms. We are able to mother while we money make. And if you use daycare as I might soon be part-time, your schedule is going to look different. So that means my schedule will change again. But regardless of all that, here are my most productive work schedule tips. First one is shift your time blocking into half or full day blocking. You'll notice my schedule had similar elements grouped together for each day. That reduces the number of mental shifts I have to make and allows for more deep work and true productivity. The other thing I do is I only check and reply to emails about once a day. (laughs) This is honestly like, I feel like I'm an email addict and I have to cut myself off because I am a sucker for an unopened email. I can easily spend hours playing ping pong with the messages that come in and out of my inbox. It's ridiculous. It's also a huge time suck. And unless I'm waiting on a vital message from a client to move their project forward, I try my hardest 
advice to keep my email tab closed. In fact, experts will tell you that it's best to save your emails for the end of the day, and I would agree with that. However, sometimes I fly through them at the beginning of the day to know any little fires that I might have to put out, like technical issues, member support that was sent to me instead of my team, escalated issues that my team has had to loop me in on, you know, so many things. And that's just part of, you know, owning a large business with multiple brands. There are things that can't wait, and I have to be very conscientious of differentiating between things that are important but not top priority or are top priority and important. So it's just, it's a struggle, but it's a good one. The other thing I do to stay productive, and I recommend everyone else do, is stay off social media as much as possible during your working hours, whatever those working hours are. It doesn't have to be nine to five. Whatever time you're working, stay off social. And quite honestly, guys, if I did not run a business, I wouldn't use social media at all. I mean, I rarely log into my personal Facebook account. Social media plays a decent role in the average sales funnel, including my own. So there is some value in it. But aside from that, I personally believe that social media is, and like, don't hate me for this, but here it goes. I I believe social media is inherently toxic. I believe it's a place of misinformation, of bullying, of intolerance, and misguided censorship. And most of all, I think it's a true time suck that inspires us to inaction by wasting our time and helping us compare ourselves to other people. So if you follow me on social media, you might notice that I post strategically three times a week and I rarely appear in stories. I have boiled down my brand's social strategy to exactly what it needs for my sales funnel, and that includes meaningful connections with all of you. And honestly, that is, that's the only redeeming factor of social media. I've met a lot of you guys through social and you guys are wonderful. I am so thankful that we have incredible clients, incredible members here at Socialite. And I can thank social media for some of that. But other than that, I'm just like, oh, to heck with it. I am really not a fan of social media. And that's why when people come to us for social media management, they're very attracted to the minimalist but effective strategy that we implement because you're saying you don't like social media, you're saying that you don't have time or you don't understand it, and we're saying, all right, we're going to do exactly what is required and nothing more because that is not the end-all be-all of your marketing. We look at it as realists and not just as minimalists. So that is why I suggest staying off social media as much as possible. (laughs) All right, so the other thing is letting go of their rigid desire for control. As a parent, especially as a parent, you know that kids tend to need you at the most inconvenient times, and that is parenting. We're called to be unselfish in those moments, and we need to realize, and I, I need to realize that it's okay to rearrange the day or work a little bit after they go to sleep, and if something doesn't get done until a day or two later, it does not mean I'm failing. It does not mean you are failing. It means that we are prioritizing what matters most, and that is our kids. Now, the other tip that I have, and of course, some people will be like, oh, that's not going to work for me. Why would you even say that? Well, I'm going to say it anyway because it's my podcast. (laughs) I suggest using fresh air, prayer, and meditation to remove creativity blocks. It works well for me. Whether you're working on your own marketing or trying to put together a unique plan for a client, facing a mental roadblock can feel like the biggest waste of time. I found that the best way to get around it is by doing something completely different, like laundry or playing with my daughter or vacuuming or whatever, because for some reason housework is my therapy. I don't know, it's weird. I also make time to do a God-centered meditation at least once a day, usually in the early morning, and that centers my mind and my soul. It helps me be more proactive and less reactive throughout the day. It has been such a game changer for my personal life, my marriage, my 
parenting relationships with, with Sadie, and it's just super helpful. So by the way, if you are interested in doing a guided Christian-based meditation, I do recommend the Abide app. And if you're like, I don't really want the, the faith element, then I have also used Headspace. And Headspace is, you know, it's a generic, secular, I guess, but also helpful. So there's that. The other tip that I have is just figuring out what ongoing help you need. And if you're anything like me, you've been told many times that you need to ask for more help, but you don't because if you're like me, you're just stubborn. <laughs> so in order to get the right type of help, however, you do have to be very specific on what you need. Childcare on certain days of the week or certain times of day, outsourcing something else in your personal life like house cleaning or lawn care, outsourcing something in your business. Now, you've heard me say before that in my case, I really just need some afternoon childcare for my daughter. And once that begins and she's able to be socialized and be around other kids, I know that I'm going to feel better. She's going to be happier. And my schedule will have to change yet again, but it'll be good because I'll be able to dedicate those hours to my deep work and then reserve mornings for the less intense tasks like personal chores, errands, or hanging out with my child. With 2020 being a year of such unique challenges in both business and parenting, you can be a strong, successful, organized business person and one that admits that this year has been crap. It has put you on the verge of a full breakdown. As much as I don't like cliches, there is so much truth in remembering that this too shall pass. It will. Again, I completely and fully reject the concept of the new normal. This is not normal and it is not going to stay. I know that you've been through worse. I know you have. And you're going to emerge from this season, this very rough season, even stronger and more efficient with what little time you have than you were before. That's the bonus. With my schedule not being incredibly impacted by current events, meaning I've always been a virtual company, so of course we're continuing to do things as we've always done them virtually, I know that I would need to deal with the stress I have regardless of the global or political climate. So a lot of it too is this is just life. And honestly, it's true for everyone to a certain extent. Life will always give us reasons to be stressed out, to prioritize the wrong things, to deeply question our own values, our worth, our abilities. And while I can't control the world, I do know that God sees me. He sees you too. And this will pass. Literally nothing on this earth lasts forever. And that is why I am so thankful for the promise that says the best is yet to come. Until then, I'm trying to use the perspective that life is truly an adventure and that adventures rarely go according to plan. So... I don't know if it's helpful for you guys to see what my week look like, looks like or to hear all about my dental history, but that is what I have for you today because I am not just a marketing person over here that spits out marketing advice 24-7. To be quite honest, I am a 29-year-old, 5'4", redhead, wife, mom, business owner in that order. And I just wanted you guys to see some of that. So take from it what you will. Um, and just so you know, in the show notes of this episode, I do have different resources for business management and some automation stuff that's really been helpful to me. So if you're interested in that, go to thekateshowpodcast.com and go to episode 136. Until next time, guys, keep your life simple because the message from 2020 is clearly that we all need to slow down a little bit. All right, guys, I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.